You know, um, we're going to start a new series today. It's called Philippians. Clever title, huh? So if you'll turn in your Bibles to Colossians. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding. We're going we're gonna to go through the book of Philippians. And, and uh, I believe there's some good things in there. And, and uh, let me just say this as we do begin. Um, you know, we're not trying to build all your historical facts. You know, that's not really our intent in it. As, as always, as we bring forth a message in a series, you know, our intent is that we'd get something out of it that we could live by, okay? Something that, that is, is relevant to today in your life. And it's so cool that we work together with the Holy Spirit. Because in any, any group of people, there's, there's various needs that every one of us have living here on planet Earth. And we believe this, that the Holy Spirit works in such a way that he'll take things that you specifically need and he'll highlight them in your life. Isn't that something? So one of you might be sitting there and, and all of a sudden the word comes out and, and you got revelation on something financial. You know, somebody else is sitting there and they hear the same word supposedly, you know. I mean, yeah, I guess it is, you know, unless you're listening to your headphones or something. I don't know. Uh, podcast during a message. I don't know. But, but, you know, the Holy Spirit will take something that you need and you get revelation on maybe something in healing. Or someone else gets something, revelation on, on like a social aspect that they're dealing with, you know, because the Holy Spirit works with us. And he takes the things of Jesus, he takes the things of the Word, and he makes them real to each one of us. And he, he gives us things we need. We need. Can you say amen to that? You know, how do I get that to work? Well, I'll tell you, one of the best ways is just believe it, hunger for it. You know, hungering for God, I tell you, it's an amazing thing. It opens up the door of revelation in your life. When you hunger for him, it's like he's looking for ways to just pour it into you, you know. He's not trying to keep things from you. He's looking for ways to get things to you, okay. Have that mindset. Have that mindset. Don't think that you're having to talk God. Twist his arm. If you could twist his arm, come on, you know. Uh, you're not having to do that. And, and uh, he's, he's working with us. He's trying to make things real to us. Um, you know, I'm going to just cut in here because I just I had this in my heart, and I just, I'm going to go with it. Is that okay? I just want to pray for anybody who's sick today. And the way we're going to do it is you're going to stay seated right in your seats. And if you're, if you're dealing with any kind of sickness, what do you mean? Well, any kind of pain, discomfort, anything that, that is not of God, okay, uh, we just want you to receive right now. You know, you can put your hand on your body where you need to. You know, it's you. It's your body. You can go ahead and do that. And uh, we're just going to pray and give God opportunity. Sometimes you got to give God opportunity. Sometimes you got to give him room, just like that song we sang this morning. I'm giving him room to do what he wants to do. Well, he wants to heal your bodies. So, Father, right now, as, uh, as we come to you, we thank you for healing power. I thank you for every person here in this room, every person watching online. I thank you, Father, that your power is available. 
Not only that, it's going into their bodies. Driving out, we command sickness to go. Command pain to leave. Thank you, Father, for your power working in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Had my say. <laughs> so, uh, we're going through Philippians, and, and something I wanted to point out is this, that, that, you know, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter, and he wrote it to people like you and me. What do you mean by that, Pastor Paul? What do you mean? I mean, he wrote it to people who are, who are in the body of Christ, people that are in Christ. How many people here are in Christ? You've been in Christed, okay? What do you mean? You, you're new creatures, you believed in, in Jesus, and you accepted what he did for you. And I tell you, that's, that's what we did. And man, whatever he did is radical, changes us from the inside out, makes us brand new people, you know? And we're, we're continuing in this life. In this life we live here on earth, we're continuing to work out what he did in us, you know? And, and, and get it active in all parts of our life. Um, so I'm going to just start reading in Philippians. Today, you know, we're going to go through some of the history, some of the, the setting of it, and just kind of set it up. You know, I want to do this book justice. I want to do it justice. I really believe, you know, we pray about what we're going to teach. And I believe there's some kind of truths in here that this body is going to get a hold of. It's going to help us. So just, again, have your antennas up. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Like, like a number of Paul's letters, he begins it with a prayer. And I always find that very interesting, that he's praying for these people. You find out what's in the heart of a person when you pray with them. You know, it's an intimate thing to pray with people. You know what I mean? Some people have a hard time praying in public. I get it. I get it. Because it's vulnerable to pray in front of other people. You know, I remember, I remember, you know, I still can be in that way sometimes. You know, I get asked to pray at things, and it's like stepping out. You just got to go, okay, I'm stepping into it. But, but you know, uh, uh, God, God loves it when we come together and lift our voices, and there's a bonding that happens. But Paul here, God bless you, Apostle Paul. He's so open that he put down his prayer that we could all, even, you know, hundreds of years later, we can tap in and see what was in the heart of this man for these people. He says, uh, well, it starts out, Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in, who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel. A lot of translations right there where he, he I'm reading out of New King James. He said, uh, in, for your fellowship in the gospel, many of them say partnership. And it's, it's very evident uh, as we read through this book that the people of Philippi were partnered with the Apostle Paul. And, and they, they financially contributed to his ministry. Interesting. Uh, your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. Uh, verse 6 is one of my favorites. It says this, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you 
will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Don't you love that? Don't you, don't you love that confidence? He who began a good work in you will complete it till the day of Jesus Christ. You see, getting born again is not the end, folks. Do you hear me? You know, we, we prayed, Pastor Stephen prayed with people this morning. I believe everybody here is born again. But whenever you got born again, that was not the end. It was just the beginning. And, and the, the will of God for all of us is that we would grow in our relationship with him, that we'd grow in our connection with him. Wherever you're at today, it's not the end. There's more, okay? However well you know him, you can get to know him better. How many know that if you just have a friend, you know, naturally speaking, that the longer time goes on and you remain friends, you know them better. You know them better. I know Dana better today than I did, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, even 40 years ago, because I didn't even know her 40 years ago. But, but anyway, um, anyway. Uh, but, but you know, you get to know people. You get to know their voice. You get to know how we think. Dana and I are almost scary because we think so much alike. You know, it, 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 sometimes I think it might bug our kids because, you know, if we're, we're apart and we'll start talking to one of them, you know, the other one will, you know, Pastor Stephen knows this is true. Him and I will go home almost every Sunday. We're, we're together, and then the girls come home about an hour later, half hour, five hours, or whatever it is. And, 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 and whatever conversation him and I have had, it seems like Dana will walk in and start having the same conversation that I had already started. It's because we think so much alike. You know what? And you walk with God, and you spend time with him, and more and more, you start to think like him. More and more, you'll start to act like him. More and more, you know, you'll walk in the room, and, and you'll convey the very things that are on his heart because it's natural to do that. You know, Christianity is not some kind of a strain and a struggle like, whoa, I got to do this. No, it's being transformed. It's being changed from the inside out. It's growing in relationship. It's not growing in church doctrine. It's growing in our relationship with him. And I love this that Paul said this. He says, I'm confident of this, that the same one who begun a good work in me and in you, he's praying here, he says he is going to complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Don't you love completion? <sighs> Say, he's working in me. He's not done with me yet. I'm being changed into his image. So it goes on. Uh, so again, get to know him better every day. Verse 7, it says, Just as it is right for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart inasmuch as both in my chains. You see, the letter to the Philippians was written when Paul was in prison. Okay? Oh, Paul was in prison? Yeah, Paul was in prison. He, it seems like this guy's in and out of jail a lot. A lot. And, and, and uh, you know, there's some uh, debate as to where, which prison he was in. A lot of people think he was in Rome. Okay? But whatever, he was, in, he was in prison. And it says, uh, in, in as much as both in my chains and in the defense of the con and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. I, I would just insert this, and we may talk more about this later. But whatever situation you find yourself in, don't shut the door for God to work. Here's this guy in prison. 
what's, you know, some people's mindset would be, well, it's all over now, you know? Here I am. I'm in chains. What am I going to do? But yet, here in chains, Paul's able to write a letter to these people, this, these Christian people, that's even affecting us today, thousands of years later. Wow. God can use you wherever you're at. Some people are like, oh, you don't understand my job. You know, you know there's no other Christians here. Probably a good place. Probably a good place. Not always, but, but probably is. A good place. God can use you. Doesn't mean you need to uh, beat him over the head with a scripture. All right, do you hear me now? Don't mean you have to beat him over the head with a scripture. Don't mean you need to shove anything down anybody's throat. But it means that you need to shine. Okay? Means you need to shine. Let God open up opportunities. You know, uh, honestly, if you're just living your life for Jesus, you don't have to blow a horn or anything to bring attention to it. Pretty quiet in this wild, crazy church here. Anyway, it's, it's the truth. It's the truth. And then when God does open doors, I'll tell you what, you can walk right into them. You can walk right into them. Uh, sometimes I long, I long to be around people that aren't saved. In fact, I look for opportunities like that. I love it, you know. I mean, nothing wrong with all you guys. I love being around all you guys, too. But, but sometimes it's just, it's just like a thrill. It's like, it's like an adventure to get out there around people that don't know Jesus because, you know, you can be a light and you can shine. Now, I, th I think, you know you, you know, you need close friends that are Christians. Don't get me wrong. Don't go off on some extreme, you know, and say, oh, Pastor Paul's saying to cut off all Christians. Don't ever be around Christians. No, no, no. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying that look for opportunities everywhere you're at, Okay. All right. You've got to be so careful because sometimes we can go off on, on, a, on a trail. And it doesn't mean that's the, the emphasis. That's, that's the only way or whatever. But it's just good to have in your mind good mindsets. All right. Where did I leave off here? Okay, Philippians, it's prison life. Verse 8 says, God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge, in all discernment. Again, growing up as Christians. It's a natural thing. It's normal Christianity for us to grow, okay? It's normal. Not to stay in the place we are, but to grow and get to know him better, get to love even better. Uh, verse 10 says that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense till the day of, of Christ being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I'm going to stop with that. You know, it's kind of the end of his prayer here. But, but basically, he's praying for these people that he loves, that, that you know, God started something in this place, and, and Paul is, is nurturing them, and he's, he's, he has them in his heart, you know, and he's praying for them. And I want to look for a few minutes this morning at just the, some of the historical setting of this letter, of this church. You say, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to read in the book of Acts, okay? We're going to go back to the book of Acts and see where this church actually started. You know, some of you may know already, but, but to me it kind of gives a clearer picture when I see who these people are. You know, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes I, I like to go to people's houses, you know? And, and it just kind of opens the door, and I see more of who they are. You know, sometimes I've gotten calls to come and pray for somebody. Sometimes I've gotten calls to come and pray for people's house. 
you know, and, and, and you know, just, just asking God's blessing or whatever. And to me, that's always kind of fun because you get to see, you know, where people operate from. So we're going to take a moment and just, again, I want to I give this Philippians book the honor it deserves. And we're going to go back and just look at the beginnings of the church. So go with me, if you will, to Acts 16. And we're going to see about the birth of the Philippian church. Are you with me this morning? Yes. All right. You know, we've got a destination. But I tell you what, it's always good on the journey to just see what God's popping up along the way. Okay? What he highlights. So in, in verse 9, uh, Paul's out on a journey. He's on a missionary journey. And, and, and in verse 9, it says he had a vision that appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood pleading with him, saying, Come to Macedonia and help us. And after he'd seen the vision, immediately he sought to go to Macedonia, concluding the Lord had called him to preach the gospel to them. Uh, jumping to verse 12, not that I want to skip 11 and 10. Well, I did. I just didn't want to pronounce the names of the cities in verse 11. Okay? You can Google it. They might say it for you. You know, it's all right. Verse 12, though, goes on, it says, says in there, there he went to Philippi, which is the foremost city in that part of Macedonia, a colony. And, and, and so I think it's cool that supernaturally, God came to Paul in a vision in the night and said, hey, you know, there's a man from this, this, this place and says, come on over here, come on over here, you know. And Paul takes that and he says, God's calling him to go preach the gospel to these people. I love it. I love the supernatural stuff, you know. You know, God will speak to you in the night, too. Don't shut him out in the night. Don't shut him out when you go to sleep. Have your antenna up all, at all times because he'll impart things to you, you know. Sometimes I hear better when I'm sleeping than I, I do when I'm waking, you know. I don't know. Sometimes he has to arrest me. And say, all right, here we go. So anyway, uh, and they stayed in the city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer, where prayer was customarily made. We sat down and spoke to the women that, were, that met there. Verse 14, there was a certain woman named Lydia who heard us, and she was a seller of purple from Thyatira, who worshipped God, and the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Now, we're going to find out that Lydia was one of the founding members of, of the Church of Philippi. And, you know, I love that. I love that little phrase that he throws in there that God opened her heart to hear the things and take, give heed to the things that Paul was saying. You know, and it's kind of what we said in the beginning is God just doesn't pick people randomly and say, well, I'm going to open Lydia's heart and let her receive these things. But I'm telling you, those, those things happen. They come many times just from a hunger that people have for God. Just a hunger to know him more. It just opens you up to, to receive the things that he has for you. So in verse 15, it says, When she and her household were baptized, I like that. See, that she got, she got born again. She heard the word, got born again, and she got baptized, you know, just like we did last week. She begged us and saying, If you've judged me faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she persuaded them. Now jump in to, to go into verse 16. Uh, you know, it's the gathering. What we're reading is the gathering of the foundation of the church at Philippi that, you know, continued on. 
And Paul writes to when he's in prison in Rome because God was doing a mighty work there. But, but you know, don't despise small beginnings because God can take those things and make them great. So, you know, if Paul was trying to start a church, he says, all right, we got Lydia on board. <laughs> Here we go. He goes on in, in, in verse 16. It says, it happened that as he went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed with the spirit of divination uh, met him and who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling and this girl followed Paul and cried out saying these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation and she did this for many days but Paul was greatly annoyed and he turned to and, and said to the spirit I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her and and he came out that very hour um, you know I, I like to point out that, you know, what this girl was saying, there's nothing wrong with what she was saying, you know? Was she, what she was saying, was it wrong? She said, these men are servants of the Most High God. I mean, that's, I mean, you might even think that's a cool thing if you're looking on Facebook and someone put that on your wall, you'd say, thank you very much. Servants of the Most High God. I like that, you know? You won't get in Twitter trouble for that. But, but here, this girl was saying this, but there was like a wrong spirit involved. There's a wrong spirit involved. And, and you know, I, I, I know exactly what, what was going on. You know, it says Paul was, what is the words it used? It says he was greatly annoyed. And, and I've noticed that when there's like a demonic thing going on, I get an agitation in my heart, you know. Just on the inside of my, my being, it's just like I get, ooh. Ooh. And, you know, sometimes it gets that way, and it's not the people I'm around. They're, they're being nice and everything, but there's like a spirit involved. And, and, and you know, you can't, you can't reason with that. You've just got to stand up in the name of Jesus and command it to go. There's nothing wrong with the people. This little girl that, that had this spirit of divination, she was not trash or anything like that, okay? She was a precious, she was a precious girl. But she got mixed up in something demonic, and she needed to be set free. Set free, okay? Um, you know, does is you know, sometimes good people get used in funky ways, and they they didn't mean to do it, but they step into the wrong thing. I don't know this girl's intent, but I know some other people that that I've come across, and you think, my goodness, they're such good people, but they got twisted up. Anybody can get twisted up in something. Anybody can fall in the mud. But don't go crying about the mud. Just give them a bath, okay? And then they're fine, okay? Everything's all right. Are you guys with me, okay? All right. I never like to make a big thing about the devil. I'll just say this right now. I, I, I talk about demons and stuff like that, but I never want to make that my focus because, you know, you, know, uh, you don't need to. Make Jesus your focus. Make him the thing you exalt, okay? Sometimes people are trying to give a testimony, and they spend more time exalting the devil than they do God. It's truth. Spend more time magnifying Jesus than anything else. Make a big deal about him. Just like when we receive communion, we take communion. What are you doing? You're making a big deal about what Jesus did for you. Make a bigger deal about what Jesus did for you than anything else, you know? All right. I'm just throwing that out there. I was free. 
All right, so, you know, Paul was great at Leno. He turned and said, Jesus, in Jesus' name, come out of her. And he came out that very hour. And her master saw the, the hope of their prophet was gone, and they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. And, and, and they brought them up, and they said, hey, these guys are, are causing a ruckus. They're teaching us things that are unlawful for us to, to obey. Um, they could have been preaching the very fact that Jesus is the king. You, you, something you could know about the Philippian area is that it was, um, it was, very, it was a very patriotic place. It was heavily populated with retired Roman soldiers who were very loyal to Rome. And for someone to come in and say, Jesus is king, went cross-grain with the common thought of the people of that city, okay? In fact, they could see that as, a, as, as an attack on, on their citizenship, you know? And it caused a ruckus. And, and what happened is they got thrown into jail. So here again, this is the beginning workings of the Church of Philippi. Okay, it says, Then the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. And they laid many stripes on them and threw them into prison, commanded the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet with stocks. So here again, now verse 25, it says that at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, and it says the prisoners heard them. And, and what happened, you know, I'll, I'll, I won't read it word for word here, but what happened is that, that an earthquake happened, and it was a God kind of earthquake because no one got hurt. Only thing that happened is everybody got free, and all the prisoners got free, but, but it caused great, great alarm to the jailkeeper because he'd been given a strict commission to keep these people secure and tight. And, and, and right away, though, Paul just stands up and says, hey, you know, he was going to kill himself. He was going to take his sword. And, you know, he thought it's better than, than, you know, falling into the, the authorities here. Paul says, do yourself no harm. We're all here. To me, that shows such a great display of power. Because they were totally free. They could have ran. But they stayed right there. They stayed right there. And they said, do yourself no harm. We're here. And the Philippian jailer ends up getting saved. He says, what do I need to do to be saved? And Paul said, just believe on the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved in your house. And the Philippian jailer got saved and he got baptized and all his house got saved. And there is the beginning of the Philippian church. You know, when we were going to start a church here in Menominee because God called us to come here and he, you know, supernaturally told us, Dane and I said, you're supposed to go to Menominee. And I didn't know what a Menominee was or had heard of a Menominee. I, I thought, my goodness, a Menominee, huh? And we, we came here, though, and had great peace and came to this place. And we read a book about how to start a church. What do you do if you're supposed to start a church? Well, I read a book about it. And the book gave us like seven ways we could start a church. And, you know, I really wanted, you know, I remember reading the book, and, and, and one of the ways was to go to this place and just get to know people, start a Bible study, start slow, you know, and, 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 and that'll do it. And, 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 and boy, the more I, I continued to walk on, though, it just was like agitation inside. That was not what God was telling us to do. And, and, and so what we did is we just came here and started a church. We just opened the doors on October 1st, year 2000, put an ad in the paper and said, here we are, we're here in Menominee. Had a, had a kind of a hokey picture of Dana and I, looked like a couple of televangelists or something. Might have scared a few folk. But in any case, we did that and we started having church. And man, we were just so happy when anybody came. And, 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 and you know, 
Paul, how does he start a church? He goes in, gets Lydia, gets Lydia born again, gets some fortune teller born again, and gets the jailer born again, and there they got the beginning of the Philippian church. How about that? So, you know, that method wasn't even listed in the book that Dana and I read. You see, the thing in life is you can, it's good to learn from other people, but you always got to do what God shows you. you always, it's, there's nothing like just following the Holy Ghost. Um, I want to read just one little portion of Scripture in Philippians, and I don't guarantee that we'll do Philippians in exact order. I'm not going to guarantee that next week you're coming in, we're going to pick up on Philippians 1.10 or 12 or wherever we left off here. But, but uh, I want to read this passage out of Philippians 2, because as I've read through the book, what I've found, to me, it stands out as one of the key, key portions of Scripture. And, and um, in Philippians 2, verse 5, it's kind of, you can find how the, the whole thing kind of comes together in the, this, this little portion of Scripture. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You know, it's important to have a right mindset in life. And the way you think about life, and the way you think about yourself, and the way you think about others, it matters. Okay? It matters. It makes a big difference. So Paul said this. He says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of man, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, humbled himself, and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. I'll read on a couple verses. It says, Therefore God also highly exalted him, gave him the name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, those on earth, those under the earth. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. What I want to pull out of that, that little portion of Scripture, though, is this. The kingdom of heaven, unlike the kingdom of this world, the kingdom of heaven, the mindset we're told to adapt, mindset we're told to copy of what Jesus had, is this mindset of being a servant. You know, Jesus came from a very exalted place. I like this. It says he humbled. Can you say that word, humble? humble. See, these are words that make up kingdom living. Being humbled. Being humbled. It says he took on the form of a servant. You know, in the world... We might think, you know, you want to get ahead, man. You go after it. You know, you boldly go in and you take it. You know, you stand up for what's yours. In the kingdom, though, it says we humble ourselves and we take on the form of a servant. I'm just going to close this morning with this in Matthew 20. Again, uh, things we went over this morning. What was your point, Pastor? Yeah, I asked myself that. But really, it's just an introduction. You know, there's many points the Holy Ghost could have. And, and, uh, but I want to wrap it up with this verse, just for your consideration. It says in Matthew 20, 
verse 27. It says, whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. One more. 2311, Matthew. It says, but he who is greatest among you, he'll be your servant. So, you know, I see this in having a mindset that Paul talked about. Kingdom living, the way to get ahead is to serve other people. Isn't that something? You want to take something away today? Take this away. I'm going to do my best this week. I'm going to look for ways I can serve people. I'm going to humble myself. That is not, serving is not beneath us. Jesus, it says, humbled himself. And he came and he served. He didn't have to do it that way. Could have, could have blown a trumpet, you know, could have had great pomp and circumstance coming into the planet. But he humbled himself, and he came, and he served. So, Father, as, as we uh, go through our weeks, our days, help us to have the mindset Paul was talking about. Help us to have the mindset that Jesus demonstrated. Help us to live humbly, and look for opportunities to serve others. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message was a blessing to you. Yeah, hey, we just wanted to give you the opportunity as well to partner up and plug in to the church uh, by giving. So if you would like to be a part of that and help make this all possible, you can do so by going to wearelovechurch.com slash give. You can also plug in, stay in the loop with what's going on at the church via our Instagram and Facebook platforms. So love y'all. God bless you.